Welcome to this emergency episode of View from the Gallagher. I'm Ian Smith, a Newcastle United season ticket holder in the Gallagher end. And today we're reacting to the amazing, incredible, however you want to say it, 4-1 win over PSG at St. James's Park. Newcastle's first home Champions League match in over 20 years. An unbelievable night for everyone who was there, who was in the stadium, who was watching at home. It was amazing. And uh, I obviously won't be doing this podcast by myself. I'm with my dad, Gordon, and my brother, Andrew. How are you both doing? Oh, fantastic. Thank you. It's been a good day. I just said I've been watching all these different videos from all over the place of um, highlights of the match, the backs, the backs, the uh, Back scenes, what it what it called. Watching the old res march through uh, Newcastle, that was uh, quite interesting. But yeah. no, fantastic! I feel absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's just um, can't believe it, really, what happened last night. No. And uh, what about you, Andrew? Yeah, I haven't really achieved much professionally today. Just uh, <laughs> been dwelling on uh, on what was quite a remarkable evening. Um, yeah, fantastic. Kind of, yeah, still kind of pinching myself. Yeah, I mean, it really, I mean, it was just obviously an instant classic, one for the ages. It was this generation's Barcelona, basically, wasn't it? And everything mm. rolled in. It's just, it's going to be a game that is talked about forever in terms of Newcastle United. It's never going to be forgotten. Um, it was just incredible. I mean, we were obviously lucky enough to be there last night, Dad. We were we were at St James's Park. You watched it on the TV, Andrew. What I would say, my first thing was just we were in the city really early um, yesterday. We were we were there sort of mm-hmm. from half four, five o'clock, and even at that point, the city was absolutely buzzing, and it just it felt very very different. And once we got into the ground. Which were, I mean, we got into the ground really early for what we normally do. We were in we were in the ground an hour and a quarter before kickoff, and even then, the amount of people around the outside of the stadium, inside the concourse areas, was just I've never I've never known anything like it. It was amazing, wasn't it, Dad? It was. It was um, all those things you've just described. I mean, being in so early, I can't remember the last time I was in a ground. Well, certainly Newcastle's ground um, for an hour and a quarter before kickoff. That goes back a long time. Um, but you're right, it was just everything about the city was just geared towards this match. You could just sense it, you could hear it, actually. And I, walking up to the um, the ground, we actually passed a group of um, Parisians um, in one of the bars areas, were outside, actually. But, I mean, it, it was, it, that's it, it was quite well-natured. And But the, the buzz around the ground... And when we got up there, you, you said to me, well, we'll wait early, we'll have a walk around the ground. So we walked into the main uh, area up to the, the main entrance and we couldn't get up because we, the coach had just arrived and, the, yeah, we, and we, they were busy spilling off the coach, weren't there, and the boots. Yeah, we literally got <laughs> stuck because the Paris coach was there and there were, I mean, the, the fans in that area were giving were giving the Paris team a hostile reception, which uh, was 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 good because obviously there was videos the other day of Paris um, getting on the bus and stuff and fans asking for autographs, which is understandable. But also there was people like, nah, man, you should be you should be giving them stick and abuse, you know. <laughs> but when the team arrived for the actual match, they were getting a bit of stick and abuse in there. Yeah. There's nothing wrong it with is. that. 
Yeah, it's a fine line, isn't it? You don't want it, you don't need this aggro is not what we want, but uh, you do want to sort of, you know, I mean, like, like I said that your dad, you mentioned that their ultras walking through the town. If you can find a video of that, go and watch it. It's very, it's it's quite incredible. The noise and the drumming that they made and all that kind of stuff yeah. was, was was fantastic. But also, you know, it's like you know, in its place, it's fine. But you don't want anything else sort of silly. Um, but of course, we, we exerted our dominance. You know, once everyone was in the ground and. Yeah. Um, because I was obviously watching it on the telly, um, I was really actually quite impressed with um, whatever BT Sport is these days, whatever they call themselves. Um, yeah, TNT. TNT. They, they, they really profiled it well, actually. There was a lot of good coverage. Um, and you could see, you know, the, all the flags and the, the stuff that was, it was ready to go. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it, it was, it was a good build up. And the, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, worth I mean, just on the flags and things, I mean, there's some fun, fantastic pictures and coverage on, on, online today. Um, just the whole stadium from the top corner of the Leases Milburn, uh, looking down and when all the flags were out and the, um, the, the surfer was in the Gallagher end. And that looked, it just looked absolutely fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Um, but the, the yeah. world. Like, into it if you want to if you want to see an amazing i think the photo you're referring to dad is from a twitter user called andy nufc 48 yes and he's taken this photograph fabian shares actually stuck it on his insta story as well um (laughs) it's an absolutely incredible photograph he's literally in the he must have been on the back row in the corner of the leasers milburn corner and he's got this incredible view. I'm looking at the photo now. He's got this incredible view of, and it is just a sea of black and white. All the flags are out. You can see the the surfer in the Gallagher uh, surrounded by the the circular flags, if you like, in the Gallagher, which was really, obviously we were in the Gallagher. We couldn't see that. Mm. But like, it's just a brilliant photo. So go and check that out. It is honestly, it's one of the best photos of St. James's Park I think I've ever seen. It's mm. that good. Yeah. It's probably just taken on his mobile phone. It's incredible. It is, it's a fantastic photograph. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. But that that build up uh, to the the atmosphere before the game. I mean, we're talking about people being in the ground early. Everyone was in their seat by half seven, mm. half an hour before kickoff. Everyone was there, ready. Mm. The atmosphere was building. It was just, it was just felt different, didn't it? And we obviously were in there really early, Dad. But what struck us was the amount of press and tv coverage that there were i mean there was four or five tv crews by the side of the milburn stand there was another one up in the gantry it just felt massive it felt huge i would say yeah um but the reason i've wasted so much of my day today <laughs> is because the, the obviously it's the champions league so the global coverage is just it's on a different level to anything, you know, even just even to the Premier League, you know, the Premier League gets covered around the world, but yeah. but we only have like, you know, a handful of, of people kind of commenting and, and doing stuff on it. Whereas with the Premier League, I mean, I've watched Shaka Hislop today doing all the American stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the, the other, the other channel that Michael Richards does, you know, yeah, that CBS is always worth watching, isn't it? Yeah, CBS that was really good. You know, and, it, but it's, it, and that's the thing with the Champions League and it, this is why you want to be in it. Yeah. And, when, and when you're not in it, I mean, I don't don't watch the early stages as much. Yeah, we had this conversation, didn't we, Dad, last night? Mm. We had this exact conversation at the ground. We were saying, like, you you sort of... The first thing that you realise is just how huge this is, Mm -hmm. how much bigger even than the Premier League this is. The audience must be massive for the Champions League. And also, what I was saying to, to you, Dad, was... Because I've obviously been watching the Champions League this season because we're in it. But, like, 
I, I refused to pay for the, the subscription before this season. Yeah. But actually, what's happened in, under our under the Ashley era, the Champions League has changed massively in the 20, since we were last in it. It was a mm. huge competition back then. But really, when you look at football and how it went, the explosion in the Champions League, the explosion in the Premier League came during the Ashley era, and we've missed it. We yeah. we when we sort of, it sort of bypassed us in mm. a, in a sense that as fans. And I didn't really realise how good the champ- the Champions League had become. Like the group stages yeah. always used to be a bit rubbish, really early. Yeah. But it's not like that anymore. The, Most the, games um, are competitive. The, the, absolutely, and uh, even even if there's a critique about it being predictable in the group stages, which you, sometimes you can argue, but it, but actually, I, I mean, I, I was reflecting the, the players will have learned so much from that Milan game, you know, and it. It had the it had the opportunity to probably wipe them out, and they, they were tired, and you certainly were seeing some injuries and things. But but then we came out and battered Sheffield United eight 0 you know. And I think it what they what they've learned from how to play at that top level, or you know, just for ninety minutes, um, and, and again last night, and it'll be again when Dortmund come, it, it, it will just it will make those players better. Um, yeah, and they're already brilliant. Yeah. You know, a lot of them anyway. So it, it just, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a really really high quality league. Well, again, um, it's another sort of thing we were saying, wasn't it, Dad? Like, I mean, it's a point you've been making for a while, Dad. You've been saying like, actually, you're glad that we've drawn these teams, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. And if you look at the um, our um, sort of first set of fixtures this season, they've all been top teams, with the, with the exception maybe of Sheffield United. Uh, and Burnley, and then and perhaps Brentford. Although Brentford were considered a, a threat, um, but I think for our younger players and the ones who've not had any experience of Europe, they're matching themselves with the best teams and the best players, and they will only learn from that, and they will develop more from playing the better sides. And let's face it, we are ahead of schedule where the club thought they would be at this stage to be here two years after the the takeover in the Champions League playing PSG is just it's you cannot write it you honestly cannot write the story of the last, last two years and I think our our squad of players um, are, will, are learning and I think Eddie Howe made a point when I heard his after match um, uh, interview he was saying the players learned from the Milan game um, and I think they also learned from the Liverpool game in terms of sitting back so once we got 1-0 up last night there was no thought of sitting on a one 0 lead. They wanted to go and you know get more goals, and I, I just think it, it, they're learning so fast. It's it's yeah. it's great. I mean, you, you know whether we qualify from this group or not, the learning curve that these players are on is you know exponential. Really, it's just a, it's just incredible. Yeah, I mean, what I was good. Yeah, you're right, and I think even if we get knocked out ultimately from this group, which you know could still happen. It, in a sense, it doesn't matter because there's a couple of things have now happened. We've won this match convincingly, and therefore that's that gives the team confidence that they can mix it with anyone. But also, like the the player, if we get knocked out or when we get knocked out, the players will know what it then takes. Like you've got to have some mm-hmm. failure before you get success, usually, and you learn from you. You come up against someone better than you you think right that's what we've got to do we've got to get there so then you work at it and you get there and that's how it works 
Let's get into the actual game then. Um, obviously, yeah. the build-up was fantastic. War Flags did a great job. The fans in the stadium were... La- I mean, it was a brilliant, brilliant pre-match atmosphere, even though my arm was aching because the flag started waving <laughs> 10 minutes before kickoff. So it was... <laughs> Felt like we went a little bit early with that one, yeah. but it was um, like, like that at Wembley earlier in the year. We're just waving for twenty minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. swapping yeah. hands, and yeah. like, <laughs> it was all good. But the actual match, so obviously, and what a dream, dream game. Obviously, four-one win. Um, but very, very early on, they had an amazing chance in the first, within the first five minutes, and um, thankfully they missed it. Dembele, yeah, and it was, it was only a whisker away, wasn't he? It was. We were right behind the line of it as, it as he sort of hit it, and it just it went past the post, thankfully. And I watched it obviously on the highlights, and it was close, wasn't it? And the, you know that goes in, and it might it might have been a different night, but it didn't. Um, but I think the starting point really is just about the team that we started with here, and I think um, you know we were talking about it beforehand. What what team will he play? We knew that there were injury problems. But when you think we went into that game, I mean, we virtually picked the side that he did actually set up with. And there was no way he was not going to play the back four that played um, the other day. And, and it, you know, with Lascelles, um, Shaw, and then the two fullbacks, Trippier and um, Dan Byrne. Yeah. And Dan Byrne comes in for a loss. Even yesterday I was seeing people say Dan Byrne shouldn't be in the side, you know. I'm thinking we've had five clean sheets and Dan Byrne has played in four. There's no way. Anyhow, they must know him by now that he's not going to change that back four, plus the goalkeeper, so back five. So, I mean, Dan Byrne always gets targeted early in games. Um, Teams have kind of worked that out and he's worked that out as well, to be fair. And actually that that kind of, um, that that player came in, I'm trying to, was it on the left? It was on the left, wasn't it, when Dembele kind of drifted in? But that that's a kind of a trick. I mean, because Sheffield United nearly scored, mm. didn't they, early on in the mm. uh, in, that, in the in the game? Um, the and other so day, Burnley. Burnley as well. Um, so it's a common sort of trick. But I mean, that I mean, last night that 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 chance was really class. I mean, it was a, a, a beautifully yeah. floated cross from um, Mbappe, and he just volleyed it. Didn't he? I mean, it yeah. was a. It was really good, but good. and I remember thinking, "Oh, this could be a long evening <laughs> at the time." And then it, it actually never really transpired. No. Um, well, we settled into it, and actually, I mean, it, for me, that it it was a night where Bruno was obviously exceptional all yeah. all night, but Tenali for me as well was brilliant, and mm. I've seen he, he really looks. Like, like he fitted in. Like he was, he was really, really good. Now, there was a stat going around saying his his pass completion was fifty eight percent, and some people were like having a bit of a dig at him today about it. And I'm mm. thinking, and what I was thinking was, yeah, but when you watch Tanali, the reason his pass completion was fifty eight percent was because he was ma- he was attempting to make very difficult passes. Some of them came off, some of them didn't. And that obviously reflects in the stats, but that just shows why the stats aren't always the truth of the matter. Like yeah. if you watch him play, he's not playing five yard passes. He's play he was playing very fast first touch passing. And occasionally against a good team, they get blocked, they get they get yeah. intercepted, all that yeah. kind of stuff. For me, Tanali and Bruno in the middle. Were, were absolutely class, and of course Longstaff as well. Who oh, sure oh, the midfield, were, the midfield were great, and they—I mean, they—they they made the mistake really of playing a four-two-four formation. That sort of seems to be the, the feedback. He played a twenty-two-year-old and a seventeen-year-old in the middle, 
and and just thought, well, we'll stick all the forwards on and see what see what we get. Um, probably not that naive, actually. Um, it's a reason. It was probably a reasonable punt, but he didn't change it either. He didn't yeah. bring anyone off and drop, you know, chop the midfield up. So yeah. they had a, a lot of a, a lot of time to run around, and you throwing Anthony Gordon into that, um, and the amount of running they were doing, um, it's exceptional. You know, absolutely. Yeah. How did they do all that running? I mean, to be honest, towards the end of the the, the, the sort of you know middle of the well middle of the end of the match, there were there were so you could see they were visibly tiring. And Anthony was- Gordon. He, he was, was absolutely shattered. Yeah. What a, what a, I'd love to know how far he ran last night because yeah. he was dead on his feet and you know how fit he is. And yet, even when he still got the ball in those last few minutes, he would still be legging it down down the pitch. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then obviously gasping for air afterwards. But like... And, and what, what came out of it, I think, is we were back to last night and certainly, you know, we've been back to that... From the, the second half against Manchester City and then last night, we were back to that high press intensity that we were we've been renowned for. And yeah. but it was really interesting because at times the game was actually being played very slow by the, with their build-up. And then we just inched forward with our line of um, attackers. And then the more they went back, the more we advanced. And it was like we were cornering them. And then oh, yeah. they were trying to get out of it, and then suddenly there would just be whoosh. We were in, we were running towards them, and they, they couldn't cope with it. It was so, that was the first goal, wasn't it? It was, a, it was a you know the, the play broke down for them. Yeah. Um, I wish he's going to scored it because he, he deserved a goal. I thought he, yeah. I think he the amount of running he put in, and then obviously yeah. to end up with the Terry Butcher Shearer headdress on at one point. I love that. Um, I wish he kept it on for the second half. Yeah. Though. He should have yeah. stayed with it, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But um, but he, I mean, it was a great save. But then actually, Miggy's finish was oh. class. I mean, it was really good. I mean, it's, it's a good job he's so left-footed. Because <laughs> well, I watched the replay today, and the, the keeper went as if it was going to be hit with his right foot, didn't he? He didn't do it, but it, Miggy sort of came and opened himself up and put it in the far. I mean, it's a great. It was an absolutely watch. brilliant finish, yeah. and I mean the celeb. At that point, the I mean, the celebrations for me were up there with Rob Lee's goal at Wembley, <laughs> Shearer at Old Trafford in the Cup semi-finals, Shearer in the San Siro, Tino's. It was up there with those level of goals. Yeah, it was. And I'll be honest, I, like I, I literally had tears in my eyes when Miggy scored. Mm. That's that. I, I just the release of emotion from it. I, I. I yeah, I, just... I, I shouted so loudly and banged on the surfaces in the room that one of the one of my kids got out of the bath to come and check everything was all right. <laughs> <You're> all right. <laughs> the, th- the thing about Miggy, and I think I spoke to you both last night about this, was that you know he he, he scored that goal a year ago at the beginning of October against Fulham, and it set them on this path of then scoring virtually every game, and not not just ordinary goals, they were just unbelievable goals. But he's great scored- goals. Uh, he's just done it again, hasn't he? I mean, he scored against Sheffield United. He's then he scored against Burnley, a, a wonder goal. And then last night, that was a hell of a finish. And it's just now he's on this streak. And I still think Miggy is best when he's instinctive. When he doesn't when he doesn't have to think about it, yeah. it comes yeah. to him and he, he, he hits it. And he scores so many goals doing that. 
Yeah, which is exactly what happened last night. Isak's shot was a lot harder than I realised at the time, though, yeah. when I yeah. watched the replay. He really save. did whack it. <laughs> and, yeah, which well, is yeah. why I squirmed away to the, to the side yeah. the way he saved it. But then Miggy yeah. literally had half a second and he yeah. made his decision and it was a brilliant decision. Yeah. And I love it. Do you know what I love? When a player scores a goal and it hits the side of the net, like it hits the side <laughs> netting when it goes in because you yeah. just know that that's a... That's a TNT showed... The crowd reaction as the, as the play was happening afterwards, and so there was a the, you kind of the crowd standing up, grabbing their head when Isaac missed it or the keeper saved it. But then it was it actually was it's a split second. It was less than a second before they were go it, it went in, and everyone just going absolutely yeah. berserk. Yeah. Um, you know, just yeah, it was it was a brilliant play. Don't yeah. give me Miggy in a one on one with the keeper. Just uh, yeah. yeah, just give exactly. him half a second. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, was brilliant. brilliant. And we grew into the game. And, and then after that, it was, we, you know, Paris had a lot of possession. I was surprised at how little possession we had in the match, actually. We only had 27%, I think. 27, was. yeah. The, I was surprised at that, although the second half, they, they did have long periods of the ball. But mm. what I was impressed with was what we did with our possession was amazing. Like, we, we were front-footed. We were attacking. Some of the link-up play was quick and accurate and just exceptional. Yeah. And then, of course, we we forced the issue. And, I mean, before Byrne scored, we had literally in that move, we had four shots, I think it was. And yes. Burns obviously went in. Yeah. Now, in the ground, it was very, very confusing, wasn't it, Dad? Because oh, I, totally I, I wasn't sure what had happened. I hadn't realised that the referee had blown for offside or whatever it was. Um, like Because I thought the the game had kept playing and then the ball went dead. And then all of a sudden there was a VAR decision. It was very confusing in the in the Gallagher. So we were like, oh, has the goal line technology failed? Or, you know, and then they've checked it on VAR. But it wasn't that, was it? It was actually, it was just the referee, I think. Had they, had... There was there was so much melee went on in that move. And so there was a handball from Lascelles that was, I think, was also checked, although that wasn't, it didn't have to be too, because it wasn't, it, it didn't go lead directly to the goal. Right. But it, but he did, that was replayed, and so you were like, okay, there was a handball. That was on the initial header, wasn't it, that he, when he came in over the top of the defender? Yeah, he jumped in too high, and it, it just, he had to lower his head and kind of move towards did the, the ball. Did the defender touch it with a hand as well? Because somebody said that when I read it, but it was, it yeah. was one of those things, it was totally unavoidable, really, so it, it was never going to be... Uh, because yeah. it didn't lead directly to the goal, it wasn't a thing, but, but then the other thing, it was, the other was, bit was the offside, wasn't it? That because the thought that when the boss well, so Bruno has his shot, then it then and what's brilliant, I watched this a few times from that side when Tonali nips in as the ball comes back off the keeper and diverts it back to um to Bruno, and it's at that point that they checked for the offside, wasn't it? Um, but that that little intervention by Tonali was so quick, I mean, it was. It was it was tremendous, and then of course Bruno lofts it to. to he, Dan. he was he was lucky because Dan Burton said he was annoyed with Bruno for having the shot. <laughs> the first time, he, you know, it was one of his interviews. Yeah, he said he, he was he was really annoyed with Bruno for for, for shooting, and then they got the second chance, and he said he was never not going to yeah. dive it for everything he had at it. You know, but what a header! I mean, it was proper one that Shearer would have been proud of, wasn't it? It was he, he dominated the defender. Yeah. It was only one, was only one person winning that header. Yeah, he launched himself at it, didn't he? And yeah. but but in the ground, like we say, it was so confusing because you had this 
spell where the, uh, we had retreated back into our own half, set up again, and we were in formation. But the referee was still checking. We were all talking to each other. Like, What's going on? What are they doing? But it's a funny sort. And of course, we didn't know. And then the next thing we knew, we, and funny enough, when I was talking to um, the lads down the, the front row at half time, they said they could hear people down in the concourse below, and they they started cheering before we knew we up in in the ground that it had been given. And then that roar just sort of then it grew around the ground. Obviously, when the referee signalled it, it was just manic again, wasn't it? I yeah, mean, I think the weird thing was, it was like, because we hadn't celebrated the goal in the first place. So that was what was weird about it in the ground because that's right. we thought, oh, it's just cleared off the line or whatever from where we were at the Gallagher at the other end. Um, but then, then then we were, yeah, it's 2-0. And it did yeah. go nuts again. It was brilliant. And everyone, all the players ran over to Dan Byrne. Yeah, it was like a reverse decision on a VAR because actually what they'd given was offside and he that's reversed right. that decision, whereas yeah. normally they give the goal that, and then it, it gets overturned. Yeah, and that's why it was weird. That's why it yeah. was weird. Um, you know, can I just ask a quick question? On, on You know on the line that they put on on the, the, that VAR, it's like a, that's a different system to the yeah, drawn line, isn't it? Yeah. It's a semi-automated one. It's a semi-automated one and it uses, it uses the foot. It's about the foot of the player. The Premier, the Premier League teams rejected it last season. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if it comes in having... Because yeah. it's so greener looking to me than trying to draw a blinking dodgy lane. You know, yeah. I think it'll happen sooner or later. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we got to half-time, 2-0 up. We're in dreamland. We're wishing it was full-time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but then we came out after, after half-time and... And again, played well. I mean, Paris had the, a lot of possession, but we did we did start the second half mm-hmm. better. I mean, we we were really really on it when we first came out of the second half, and it wasn't it like I know we went three 0 up, but like it almost felt like had we scored a little bit too early this third goal. <laughs> uh, but again, another just another brilliant brilliant goal. Um, you know, and so pleased for for Longstaff. I mean, we'll talk about the people who scored in general in a, in a few minutes but like the goal itself was was just really well worked and longstaff just he just beat the keeper with sheer power didn't he oh, well, yeah it was yeah it was a great shot and uh, the keeper got a hand to it but he could only divert it up into the the net and then it all hell broke loose then didn't it in the gallagher it was just like People were all over the place. It was just it, it, it goes with the pattern that if Dan Burns scores, Sean Longstaff has to score. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. same game. I just, yeah, yeah. I heard was it Keith Downey or was it um, he put a bet on at half time? He put a bet on at half time. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. He, he said that. So he got twenty five to one or something on Longstaff to score the next goal. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, talking of bets. Uh, obviously, we, we, we then conceded a goal. Paris did have a lot of possession. We were starting to look tired. We gave them a cheap goal, really. And at 3-1, the feeling we had was nervous. Uh, but speaking of bets, um, I don't know if you follow Frank Chipper on uh, on Twitter. He's a, he's a bit of a wind-up account, Newcastle wind-up account. But he posted a screenshot of a bet, uh, which was... Uh, Fabian Share to score a goal from outside the box at seventy to one. <laughs> and he stuck fifteen quid on it, and he put something like, uh, "Finally, time to cash one of these in." Fabian Share, and he tagged Fabian Share. And it's obviously whether he bets on that every single game, I don't know. 
but what a fourth goal it was. Mm. Oh, yeah. it, it was fan, fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah. He, he, won, he, he won the ball yeah. and then played the, the, the one-two and and then it, it was just, he only hit it. I mean, it was just, the keeper was never saving uh, it. Never he, only scored, he only scores worldies. It was oh, such a good goal, though. Like yeah. he was slipping over, but he still directed it perfectly. And he was, it wasn't and an accident. The, and there is something about being, you know, when it's three-one, and you think you're sort of hanging on a bit, you know, and we get very, a bit nervous if they get a second goal. But then to do it like late on in the game, in the at that end of the ground, and it's such a great goal that once that went, it, I mean, the celebrations were euphoric, and then just to think. At that time, we just said, you know, right, we've won this now. It was just, yeah. oh, oh, man. It's it, just brilliant. Unbelievable. It was just a full party atmosphere. It was, yeah. yeah. It was It was pretty much a perfect evening in every yeah. way. Uh, I mean, in terms of football, like you said, the build up, you know, everything that could have happened. That you know, yeah. we, we, I mean, we did get a bit of luck. You know, there's no doubt, there's no yeah. denying it. But like, we also made luck in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, it, I think it proved the point. I think, you know, that, I mean, Dortmund won't be relishing coming here. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so it'll be good. It's really good. Yeah. Let's just wrap up then with, let's just talk about a few individual players because I feel like this match was full of stories, backstories. Let's start with the captain because for me, I'm just, I'm getting emotional thinking about it actually. Yeah. Lascelles, the captain of our club in the championship saw us through a promotion, never let us down, always mm. a professional, mm. came in, the takeover came in, and I, I'm as guilty as anyone, assuming that he would just have left the club, he would have been out of the door, mm. no place for him. Mm. And it must have been really hard for him these last two years because he's not played a lot of football. And... But he's but Eddie Howe has frequently talked about his professionalism, mm. the work he puts in, the the type of guy he is around the club, yeah. and I just feel I know Botman's injured and we're all gutted about that, but I'm kind of really glad Lascelles had last night because he played bloody well yeah. and he deserved was, to be in that team. And he's he, always going to get more games this season, I think, because just the, the, the demand on players. And we were very lucky with injuries that, in that we didn't get many last season, particularly the back four. But, I mean, he is a he is another player. And we haven't, because we haven't seen it, we, we didn't know, but he's another player that Eddie Howe has improved. Yeah. Massively. Right. Um, and because actually, in those sort of things, I mean, if you think about where, where Cher used to be, um, you know, he, he wasn't always the most reliable centre half, um, and yet Bruce last was... night I felt he led like a captain as well. The, the pair of them at the, at, the, at the back were just—I thought they were immense. There was a one, there was a point I think was was it a tackle on Mbappe or was it on Dembele near the end of the game where Lascelles slid in? Yeah, yes, um, it was Dembele, yeah, wasn't when he was through. Yeah. And he, he, he sprinted it, burn, it was Burn, wasn't it? Who kind of made the error? Yeah, got, and and Lascelles just He's outpaced. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all. It's all it's that. I mean, Trippier was Trippier is brilliant. Um, yeah. Longstaff is incredible. But Longstaff, another great story. You know, yeah. the guy. He's very open in an interview recently about depression. Basically, mm-hmm. what Steve Bruce did to him, essentially, in terms of you know freezing him out, yeah. nearly ruining his career, yeah. and for him to now come back in and I know he's not 
the best midfielder in the world, but flipping heck, he is he does such a good job for us. Mm. And again, for him to score for Newcastle. I mean, imagine it's like one of us scoring for Newcastle in the yeah. Champions League. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that must just feel unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's him and Dan Byrne that they, they played a lot of that. They did all the media after the yeah. game, and obviously because they both scored as well. But that that thing of like Dan Byrne talking about being released was it Hartlepool at twenty five, yeah. um, just desperate to get a contract. And when the takeover happened, he said to his dad. <laughs> Um, well, that looks like a, that'll be my chance gone to ever come back. You know, it, it, I think yeah. he probably assumed that if they were, if we were still useless under under Ashley and Bruce, that he might get a chance to sign. <laughs> um, but in reality, he was one of the first players they brought in under the new regime, and it, it, it is for him. I mean, I mean, fairy tale. Doesn't and and do you know what? Him. When when they did buy him back in January last year, do you remember there was a lot of what Dan Byrne? We're buying Dan Byrne from what? What? what you know, we should be out. You know, and it, but he's just been. Incredible, and he keeps getting slagged off, yeah. but he's been immense. And last night, he's a left back either. What the, the, yeah. the thing he is, is he, he's being so tall, he's got telescopic legs, and sometimes he's tackles. <laughs> I mean, he gets to balls down the wing when the wingers run, and because he's just yeah. he's got that uh, you know, length of leg. I mean, he's just amazing, but he's heading as well. He wins so many balls because he's so he does, tall. Yeah. I mean, and people don't give him enough credit for the amount of defensive headers that he wins. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, um, I know it's just brilliant. Just brilliant. Um, and, um, and- so, so that's Longstaff, Burn, uh, Lascelles. You've also got Miggy who yeah. you talk about another player who, you know, I've criticized him. I've never, I've never criticized him. I've never criticized him horrendously, but I definitely have there, said there was always we a, could I think have always a better a player feeling. there. Yeah, there was always a feeling that he just wasn't quite good enough. Yeah, either he wasn't. You know, he was like earnest, um, very honest. You know, we'll we'll put in a shift no matter what, but didn't quite have the ability. Um, and, and we signed him from an MLS team. An MLS is the MLS is rubbish. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but but again, you know, it's that yeah, growth under how yeah. confidence. Yeah, and and yeah. ultimately, you know, he has a level, he has a peak, and but the fact is, he scored a massive goal mm. last night, yeah. huge goal for and us last night. I, I think he's the smiliest footballer I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> he's never even he, when it goes wrong, he sits and sweat. I mean, he's, you can't help but but like him. Yeah, but his performances have improved under Eddie Howe, and the, the common thread in all these players is Eddie Howe and Jason Tindall. Uh, were, yeah. Were like, yeah, and their their name was being chanted last night, and quite rightly so. But all these these lads have just uh, and bought into the ethos that Eddie Howe's tried to create, and it's not been all about the players being brought in with massive fees. And of course we've got some of those. We we bought, you know, players, but this core of players who've been there through the worst times and now getting a reward is just it's just amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, it's brilliant. And I think just to, to to wrap this up, uh yeah, just what a it's just an amazing, amazing evening for everyone connected with Newcastle. I mean, we could we could go through every single player. We could go through the manager. Yeah. You know, there's everything. Ultimately, that is gonna go down as one of the all time 
Newcastle United games in our lifetime. Yeah. Um, and who knows if we'll ever top that? I mean, you can't imagine well, what would we'll ever top it, but something will one day. You know, it has to. This has to be a, a kind of a, a catalyst for the season. Now, it, 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 it's early, um, and there's lots to come. And so, uh, you know, yeah, let, let's hope it because that, that's been the issue before. We, you know, we had our game against Barcelona. Yeah. You know, we had our game in Milan years ago. You know what I mean? We yeah. need these regularly. This, this has to the, be something is, we do again and again. This wasn't our cup final. No. You know, we've got to, no. and I don't think how we'll let them have that mentality. You know, no. they'll, it'll be like, right, next game, let's yeah. go. Um, and that's what it'll be. Yeah. Because... And that's what he does. I'll tell you how every time you listen to him, that, that's what he says. Uh, he's already thinking about the next game, virtually the, 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 the time when the, the game has ended. Um, it's, and his ethos and his work, the work ethic that he, he wants, is it's just great to see. It is. Um, it is. I, just a wonderful team. I, I, I just love this team. I think they're just and the characters in it. And yeah. in a way, you know, the, the expensive buys are, are, are wonderful players. But it sometimes it is these bread and butter players who these sort of stories for Longstaff, Burn, Lascelles is what makes it endearing. It just makes it, you know, yeah. a fantastic achievement. Totally agree. Totally agree. Right. Thank you to both of you. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about this for a long, long time. Um, and I'm sure the people listening to this will talk about this match for a long, long mm. time. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, last night was just amazing to be in the ground with your dad. It was it was really special. Oh, that was brilliant. And um, yeah. yeah, let's hope we do it again soon. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and share it to other Newcastle fans so we can grow this show. Thank you so much. And we'll be back really soon with another podcast. <laughs>